I believe many of you know the real power of podcasting, but for those of you who doesn't yet, I'm here bringing Millet Jones to actually show you exactly what it is. Because the power of podcasting is not just trendy, it's really growing right now. In today's show, Millet is going to show us exactly how to use a podcast, even if you have no audience, to actually grow your business. Now, all you need to do before you actually listen to the interview is just take a notebook or notepad just write everything important you think it is because that's the real magic of it. You got, you know, after a week, you remember 70% of what you've written down. Sounds good? Well, that's awesome, my network. I'll leave you here to listen to the episode and again, write everything down and I'll see you at the top. See you soon. Kimilet, I want to say one big welcome to the show and thank you for being contribution to our amazing chase to 100 episodes. We're getting pretty close to it. Anyways, I'm not going to be bragging about it. So let's jump right into it. First, let's least say one big hello to the audience because they're excited to meet you. And second, tell them the most interesting thing you think you possess, something interesting about you. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to sharing value with your audience today. And I would say that the the one interesting thing that I possess is the ability to sort of refine. So if people have what they feel are really good ideas, I can usually come in and make some small tweaks and make the ideas even better. Well, you know, I actually want to dive deep into your idea. So tell us more about your business model, your company or your agency. Tell us a bit more about the business side of things. Sure. My company is Cast Global Media, and I really focus, right now I focus a lot on training, and like you just mentioned, I do want to expand more into the agency side of things over the next couple of years, but right now my focus is going into corporations and training them on how they can best use podcasting to help grow their business. And that really encompasses everything from advertising on podcasts, being a guest on podcasts, and starting a, either an internal podcast or a B2B podcast. All right, so let's talk more about the podcasting psychology. So how do you actually grow your business with podcasting? Is there like any tips you can share with us or maybe the formula? I think there's, it, it depends on what your goals are. If you want to grow an email list and you really want to develop an audience that way, I really like being a guest on podcasts because you're getting exposure to brand new audiences. With every interview that you do, brand new people are seeing you and hearing you for the first time. And because it's such a, an intimate setting, you're actually in people's heads, you're in the headphones for you know 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, however long that interview is, you're really able to develop the beginnings of a relationship. Now, there's not going to be very many people who are going to listen to this interview and immediately say, I want to hire her, but there may be people who will say, I like what I hear and I want to know more. So they're going to be willing to jump into some sort of a relationship, whether that's signing up for a freebie and getting on my email list or jumping on a phone call. But there's going to be people that are ready to take that next step after they get to know me. All right. So, uh, but how do you, how do we actually get, be, uh, you know, below the skin of the listener? Like, how do we understand their psychology? How do we impress them? 
how do we impress like the listeners who are going to listen to something? Let it be a podcast or like a radio show. I think if at all possible, the best thing you can do is to tell stories. Try to work stories into your answers. So if there's a way that you can share a statistic, you know, we can say, oh, well, 53% of all people have listened to podcasts, you know, or, you know, something like that. 17% of all businesses have created a podcast so far. You know, that's, that's great and that's good information, but... If you can try to, to tell a story and bring something to life for people. So one of the stories I always love to tell is when people are getting ready to be a guest, um, wanting to go out and, and search for podcasters, I always tell them that they don't need to tell the podcaster what they can do for them you know, or what they need from them. They want to bring value to that podcaster. And I tell this story about how one time I got an email from someone and he said, I understand the value of being on your podcast. Therefore, I only require that you mention my website twice. You mention each of my three books at least once. You let people know how they can get on my mailing list. You tell them I'm available in person and on the phone for coaching. And we're talk about my podcast at least twice. Beyond that, I'm all about bringing the value. And it's like people might, you know, they're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, this guy was crazy with all of the things that he needed to have when he wanted to have something from this podcaster. And that story makes it so much easier to remember and it, and it allows people to have that connection with me if they've ever experienced something where people really made much too big of an ask. They already have a connection with me with that story. So how do you get better actually at storytelling? How do you have the, these stories to tell? Like, how do we make up this, these stories? Honestly, it's just picking out those little moments in life when either something was really funny or it was really meaningful or it was it made you angry, anything like that, because those emotions are the things that connect all of us. So whenever you experience something that brings up an emotion, just I mean, if nothing else, you know, put a little voice memo in your phone or jot it down or save it. I actually had a file when I was accepting guests onto my podcast and I had a little file. And anytime I got an email from someone that was just over the top, you know, crazy or just, you know, something that just made me angry or, or made me want to say this person's there's no way I'm letting this person on the podcast. I would put that in that little email file so that I would have them and be able to remember what sort of crazy email I got from people and just start collecting them. You, you may not have much at first, but as you grow your business, as you get experiences, you'll get more and more stories that you can share. Can you tell us the story behind how you learned that telling stories is important in podcasts? Like, tell us that story. Well, it's it's really not so much of a story. It's that everywhere in business right now, I've heard many different people say, you know, something to the effect of facts tell and stories sell. And it's not even in business. It's in if you want to be a speaker, you know, that's how you have an engaging speech as you you tell stories. I had a, a woman that is a motivational speaker on my podcast. And that was the first thing she said was, 
you you have to grab people with some sort of a story if you're speaking from the stage. You know, you don't want them to fall asleep on you. You want them to stay connected and looking in your eyes. And she had just amazing stories, really funny stories that she was able to sort of tie back into her topic. Most of her stories were either about you know what she experienced growing up, experiences with her son or things that weren't even related to her business of speaking. She just brought her personal stories in and then sort of had enough experience and enough knowledge to kind of tie those back into, you know, how to motivate yourself, how to push yourself forward in business. And I mean, she was a master at it. She'd been doing it for decades. So I think it's something that you learn a little at a time and and you can hone the craft. Love it. It's just all process. Everything important and good in life is just a freaking process. You know, there's no short term. There's always long term. I love, I love it. Not gonna lie, because you see, when you know people start podcasting. I mean, I'm going on the podcast host side rather than just the guest side. But when you start podcasting, I, I think you would see that many people set up for the short term. You know, just get a sponsor, try to advertise as much as possible. You know, get thousands of listeners. And earn money, you know, that's short term. Mm -hmm. uh, because they think it's all going to happen just like overnight. But truth to be told, uh, if you compare the average so uh, social media influencer, you know, Instagram influencer, they had to like, you know, post content for three years. Mm. Compared with a podcaster, I believe that can double it. Because I've met many su successful podcasters, of course, not everyone on the show. And they said they podcast from like 10 years, 6 years. No, it's all long process, to be honest. Right. So, so like, did you encounter that? Did you, like, have that long process when you were podcasting or, like, you know, running that uh, media? When I started my podcast, the reason I started, the podcast is called Unstoppable Coach. And I haven't put out an episode for that podcast in about a year, over a year. I still get a thousand downloads a month, new people, new downloads every month. So it's, it's so interesting to me that when I started, I was getting just a few dozen, you know, or I, I got to 50 and then I got to a hundred and then I got, you know, up to a couple of hundred per episode. And then even after I stopped doing that particular podcast, and this is why it's so interesting to me, is people still find that. People still find those episodes. People still listen. They still get value from these interviews that I did over a year ago. And and I just can't even believe it. I go in sometimes just to check the the figures to see how many people are listening, and I'm still getting over a 1,000 downloads every month on something that I haven't released any new content on. So the, the point in that is that it is that long term. You're building, you know, step by step, you're building it up. And what you're doing today with a podcast, it will still be there in three years. That one episode is going to trickle in a few listens every month, every week, every year. The next episode will trickle in a few and as you gain in popularity, you're, you're going to get that long tail, you know, to use the, an SEO term, you know, you're, you're going to get that long tail value from those first episodes because each person you interview, they're still going to have people that are interested in hearing what they have to say. And it's just going to come from, from all over the place, just one here, two there, 10 there, 100 there, and it's, it's going to build up over time. 
Well, you know, I actually want to talk more about, again, the podcast host a bit. And, you know, you said that we all got to get guests with a story. Mm-hmm. But many people, uh, you know, they want to get celebrities on their podcast. They want to get, like, uh, more successful people on their podcast. No, people, we do know their stories already. So do you think we should aim for less known people, but with much, much better story? I think we can make, we may answer it that uh, on ourselves, but again, I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah. great to have a mix. You know, the first person that I interviewed on my podcast was a billionaire. He didn't know me from anyone. My podcast hadn't even released yet. I just approached him. I approached a lot of coaches and said, I'd love to interview you. And the guy's a billionaire. I didn't, I honestly didn't even know he was a billionaire when I made the ask or it probably would have frightened me away, but, (laughs) but I didn't know it. So I asked and he said, yes, because he understood the value of being a guest and having that content out there permanently and having that link permanently. So he said, yes, it was an amazing interview. He was a great storyteller but I didn't really know that at first. He had a, a huge audience. And I think the, the thing is, is you really have to just try to go for a balance. You know, some people are going to say no. Sometimes you're going to interview these people with, with big names and they're not going to promote anything. They're just going to, the value they feel they have given is to come and give that interview. And they're not going to share it. So you're not going to be exposed to their audience, but... Everybody that you interview, whether it's someone, and honestly, let me, to backtrack just a second, even if you have a bad interview, I think sometimes those are really good as well because it teaches you something. You know, it teaches you how to hone your craft a little bit better when you have someone who just, you know, you you thought you made a good choice, but then they ramble on and they or or the, all they do is talk about their book. And every answer somehow finds its way back to this book they're releasing. And it just it's just a terrible interview. But you learn from it. So, yeah, I think it's great to have a good mix. People that are just starting out, they're not always going to be just starting out. A year later, they might be really doing well. And by interviewing them when they were just starting out, you're able to develop a relationship with someone that could help you in the future. So... I think having a mix of well-known guests, guests that are like mid-career, and then even people who are just starting out, it's it's all about developing the relationships and providing value for your audience. So try to get a mix of all of it. Wait, wait I want to know the story behind that billionaire, because how did you actually meet him and didn't know that he's a, like an entrepreneur or something or billionaire at all? Like how did it came to be? Well, interestingly enough, at first, I wasn't really sure how to approach a lot of people. I knew the type of person I wanted to interview, but I didn't really know where to find them. I, the reason I started my podcast is because I wanted to be a coach. And I thought the best way to learn about coaching and to learn the ins and outs and the tips and tricks was to interview coaches. So that was my goal was to interview immediately to interview 100 coaches and I released an episode every day or every weekday until I got to a hundred. And then I switched it up to, to once a week interviews, but I wanted to interview a hundred guests and to get 20 interviews a month. I knew I would have to 
maybe rely on a little bit of outside help instead of just me doing all the legwork. So I got onto, um, I think it was called Radio Guest List, and then there's another um, interview guest directory. There's a couple of different places, several different places where people can make themselves available um, to be a podcast guest. And I just put my information out there, told everybody what I was looking for, and I got flooded with so many people who weren't even coaches, you know, so that's the, the difficulty of, of doing things that way. When you kind of have this open cattle call, you get a lot of folks who just want to be on a podcast. You have to weed them out, but nestled down in there amongst all the people who had nothing to do with coaching was Dan Locke. And he's an amazing high ticket sales coach. He's a billionaire. He's, he's generated billions of dollars training other people how to sell and you know his people reached out to me and were like we'd love to be on the show it sounds like a great concept and this is exactly what dan likes to do i was like okay yeah sure sounds good as long as he's a coach i'm i'm cool with it and then i started doing the research and i was like oh my goodness this isn't just you know any old coach this this guy is is big and he knows he knows every, everything about high ticket sales and it was just an amazing interview. He taught me so much that I was so grateful for, for him understanding the value of being on podcasts because that was, that was really the only way that we were able to connect is he understood what being on podcast would do for his business. Well, well uh, do you like giving touch to that day or you like, uh, you know, you just did the interview, he liked you, he liked promote or something, and then like, you know, uh, faded away or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, with a lot of the, I'm trying to think of what maybe the, the percentage is. I would say that with the coaches, even if I think about it, like the hundred coaches that I first started out with, I probably really keep in touch with maybe 20 of them, 30 of them there were probably about the same amount that I had nothing. We just didn't connect when we, when we spoke on the phone, it was just like, eh, I wouldn't really want to hang out with this person in real life. And you know, so we just didn't connect and, and it kind of faded away. And then there's probably another 20 or 30 that I connected with on social media. I do kind of have this peripheral relationship with where we'll, you know, we'll talk on, on social and maybe like each other's posts, and but it's not a, a big connection. And I think that's probably what most people end up with in their podcast or other people that I've spoken with. It's like you find some people you connect with and you will continue on with them. You'll do business with them. You'll collaborate with them and really have a great connection. And then others you may just stay in touch with on social and others will just fall away. So... That's what most people should expect. Well, uh, for throwback to now, uh, like, uh, you know, so do you plan on actually uh, reviving your podcast to post more episodes on it, you know, just make it more active? Not that one, because when I was starting out with that, my goal was to, to be a coach, to coach people on how to create a podcast, how to develop their podcast. And then when I made that shift into wanting to work with corporations, it's a different, it's kind of a different thing. Um, so I am, I've got 
two podcasts that are actually going to be coming out in the next couple of months, a solo podcast and then another interview podcast that are geared much more directly towards corporations or my ideal clients. Wait, why two? How do you go, how are we going to manage two podcasts? Well, the interesting thing is, is I think a lot of people think about podcasts in terms of, you know, this podcast is on iTunes, I interview people, I release it every week, when in reality, particularly in corporations, they like to use podcasts, you know, you'll see a company that'll come out with a podcast for one or two seasons. That's still a podcast, you know, that's what they want to do you know they'll come out with with a, a series that maybe answers frequently asked questions that podcast will be housed on their website but it's not something that's ongoing so one of my podcasts is going to be this ongoing interview style you know where I'm, I'm talking with people that that I would consider to be my ideal clients the other one is going to be more of a seasonal um, seasonal and it's just going to kind of answer those frequently asked questions that I get from a lot of people that I talk to in corporate. So it's going to be a much more of a, a solo and informative podcast. And, you know, I can create that whenever I want to. It's, you know, it's not going to be something that's going to release, you know, every single week, it's going to be much smaller, probably just, you know, a five minute, you know, very short that I can knock out 20 or 30 episodes in one recording and then just set them up to release week by week. So that one's going to be really easy. Well, do you think that uh, since, you know, we all corporations like big companies have uh, like podcasting is now really big, it's, gone, it's coming big and, you know, they also have a podcast. Don't you think that there's going to be a moment where there's going to be too much podcast, too many podcasts? And, you know, it's peak, the podcast people will just fade off. Is going to go downhill. I think that's an interesting question, and I'm not, I'm not really sure. I remember back in, I would say, I guess it would be 2000-ish, late 90s, early 2000s. I remember watching television, and you know, I had had a computer for years. I had been on AOL for years. But I remember watching television, and the first time I saw a commercial for Ford cars, and at the end of the commercial, it said Ford.com. And I thought to myself, whoa, this internet stuff is going to be big. This is really, this isn't going away. If Ford has a website, everybody's going to have a website. And... And it's interesting that I can remember that point in time. And I think we're going to get to that point really quickly with podcasts where, you know, everybody, all the big name companies are going to have one, whether they're successful or not. I don't know. I mean, you know, Ford having a website, it didn't it didn't knock out every other but every other person's or business's website, but it definitely changed the face of the industry a little. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what will happen in the future. Yeah, I imagine that when, you know, you see the newest Ford and you just go there and, like, watch the new interview with the founder on Ford, yeah, and was on iTunes, and, you know, I just feel like, it, you know, everything has its peak, and mm -hmm. then it goes downhill. But, you know, like you said, podcasting has that sticky feeling, like, you know, the websites, you know, everyone makes websites today, everyone tries to make it as cheap as possible, mm -hmm. everyone wants to have a website, but... 
the, is it going to happen with the podcast as well? I don't really know, to be honest, like you. But, you know, we're all excited for the future. You know, I want to I wanna hear Elon Musk doing a podcast. I want to have Bill Gates doing a podcast. You know, all those big names, even though they're, like, kind of busy, they're not going to lie. But, you know, uh, before, like, uh, 2013, you know, there was, like, Facebook booming or something. Like, there mm-hmm. was really, everyone was doing Facebook. It faded away. Now, podcasting, on the other hand, I think it's going to be like YouTube. You know, YouTube, actually, they, they think it reaches its peak, and the next year, it's even bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, just, it's a platform, like, where you can create your business. It's a platform where you can actually make another business, and YouTube is still profiting a lot from it. So, yeah. It's interesting because, you know, you, you can think about it in terms of, of television. You know, television has changed a lot. I mean, when I was growing up, there were like four channels and then we got cable and there was, you know, a hundred and then cable turned into two and three and four hundred. And then, you know, then Netflix, then Amazon. It's like there's there's a shift. Some people say it's not a good shift, but, you know, there's been a shift in that industry. And I think we're going to see that sort of a same shift in podcasting where there's a place for you know, the hobby podcast, there's a place for the entrepreneur podcast, there's a place for the large brands, but it's just going to be, you know, how do you generate that attention? How do you get your little slice where you can, you know, use it either to make money or to, to have it be a part of your marketing strategy? And I think for a lot of businesses, it's not to make money. It really is just an element of, you know, brand awareness, thought leadership. It's an element of their marketing. It's not to go out and say, I'm going to sell cars over my podcast because I'm Ford. You know, it's, it's more to bring, bring attention to the brand. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm really like completely blown off right now. I can't even say a word, to be honest. Uh, you really share a lot of value with us, so thank you for that. And I have a few more questions. We're going to wrap this up because it's amazing. All right? Sounds good. All right. All right, great. So my first question, of course, is really cliche, but I love it. Uh, okay, so if my listeners want to contact you in some way, what are the best social medias or websites or maybe emails for them to do so? Well, I would say the best place to connect with me is just to simply go to my website. And and that's from there they can find links to everything else. So that would be just at castglobalmedia.com. Great. It's going to be in the description below. That's awesome. And now my next question is, as we're wrapping this up, uh, what is your last advice to my listeners, actually? Like, what do you want to say to them for the end? I would say don't be afraid of podcasting in your own way. You know, a lot of people think I have to release on a certain schedule. I have to have it a certain length. I have to talk to, I have to do it as an interview show. Whatever feels good to you and whatever you feel like you can stick with, that's what you need to do. Because like you mentioned before, a lot of it is about that longevity and whatever you feel like you can do for the long haul. And even if you make some changes, that's okay. I started out five days a week because I wanted to produce a body of content and I wanted to 
engage with a certain number of people. After I hit 100, I scaled it back to once a week. So there's also no reason that you have to push yourself until you get burned out or until you hate it. Just make some, some small changes and keep going. I can actually implement it as well because, to be honest, I, like, I'm trying to post seven days per week until I actually hit 100 episodes, but we're really close to that. And, you know, you're right. Like, it really burns you out. But I believe, you know, stick to your goal, and when you achieve it, you can actually lower the speed, but never end the competition, you know? Exactly. All right. So, Malid, I want to say one big thank you again for coming here on the show Thank you for sharing all that with us, and I'm really grateful for that. And, of course, one day I hope we can come here again and we can do a second interview, uh, like laughing about the first one we did. Sounds good? <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you for having me. All right. I'll see you soon.